Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. Well, good morning, everybody. It's another edition of A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way here on a very sunny and uh, not too bad here March the 2nd, so far coming in like a lamb in this case. High of 51 today with intervals of clouds and sun, increasingly windy, getting some heavy rain maybe late tonight, a low of 37, and then we've got some snow or rain tomorrow. So it's going to change. Very nice yesterday. Got a chance to get a walk-in last night with my wife. So that was good to be outside again and be able to do that. And hopefully you were able to enjoy the good weather as well. With you today until 11 o'clock, we'll have open line here today. Jim Dye will sit in with me in the second hour. So we'll visit with him and pick his brain on the things he's uh, thinking about. He's got a column today on this whole ComEd uh, trial. That's uh, They're going to start, I guess, jury selection here coming up uh, in the middle of March. So he's got an article on that today. It's just politics, he writes. So we'll uh, dig into that a little bit. Some of the other things that are happening, he's getting ready, I think, to go to spring training, so he's looking forward to that. But we'll have Jim die with us in the second hour uh, today. Tomorrow we'll do an open line during the first hour. Barry Hauser, director of the Marching Illini, and David Allen, the director of advancement for the School of Music at the University of Illinois, will uh, join us for a little bit. They have a, a fundraiser for the Marching Illini if you'd like to help them out and support them and their students and all the activities and all the different things they do, instruments and everything else. Uh, we'll talk with them about that uh, tomorrow. Monday morning quarterback show on Monday. We'll know our seating for the Big Ten tournament. I had uh, someone send me a um, printout of all the different tiebreakers for the Big Ten tournament as to who goes where. And, of course, the ultimate concern is the NCAA tournament. That's you know the tournament that eventually is ultimately what matters but the Big Ten tournament is a fun event of course and a money maker and uh, good for TV and so forth and uh, the Illini trying to get us uh, a double buy in the Big Ten tournament and they still have a shot at that especially after what happened last night where Ohio State who's at the bottom of the conference who beat Illinois on Sunday just beat Maryland who's near the top of the conference and then Penn State who just had a horrific loss to Rutgers at the end of their game the other day didn't score a basket for nine minutes, just one at Northwestern. So go figure. 
So if Illinois can beat Michigan tonight, and the men do play tonight at 6 at State Farm Center, senior night, uh, there will be a six-way tie, six-way tie for second place behind Purdue if the Illini can win tonight. But uh, they'll have to do it without Jaden Epps. Had to be hospitalized overnight on Tuesday into Wednesday. They diagnosed it with a concussion. So, um, I mean, I, I would guess he would not be available tonight, and we'll see about uh, Sunday, but we'll know more today. We'll get over to the shoot-around and learn a little more as we go when we talk to Coach. Uh, we've got the game tonight. We'll have the women's game tonight. Uh, they're due to tip off around 8 o'clock uh, from Minneapolis in the Big Ten Tournament. They'll take on Rutgers. Tonight, Mike Kuhn will have the, all the play-by-play of that. Uh, we'll start with our men's coverage here on DWS. Uh, if you want to hear all of the men's game and all of the coverage, start to finish, pre-game and post-game and et cetera, uh, you can tune to our sister station, Light Rock 97.5. We'll start with the men's coverage here on DWS and then go to the women in it, in their entirety from Minneapolis. So you got a kind of a dual doubleheader going on tonight with men and women here on the radio. Just get a couple of radios or listen to one on the app and one on the radio or whatever you want to do uh, for Illini basketball tonight. But should be a good one with Illinois and Michigan over at the State Farm Center tonight at 6, senior night. For the uh, two seniors, uh, Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, both transfers. So we'll do that tonight. Uh, what else is happening here? Uh, interesting story, and uh, it was written about in the News Gazette today. Uh, Mary Schenk has that, of course, with all her great coverage. But uh, the suspect in that shooting on North Prospect back in October of 2021 that left the victim of that shooting, a, quadrupe- a quadriplegic, has uh, been arrested was arrested at the courthouse yesterday while he was there for a pretrial hearing in an unrelated case of armed violence and unlawful use of weapons by a felon from a case he was charged with back in June. He just happened to be there. And he was arrested. Russia accusing Ukraine of cross-border sabotage. One month after that train accident in eastern Ohio, residents report chemical burns and nosebleeds, yeah, I can imagine. Workers have also fallen ill at the derailment site. Chicago police superintendent to step down in a couple of weeks, seven months before his mandatory retirement age of 63. He was appointed by the now soon-to-be non, or not the mayor anymore of Chicago, former mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Eli Lilly cutting prices for some older insulin later this year. And I know there are sure a lot of listeners that uh, deal with insulin and all that, uh, the costs are going to be cut 70% in the fourth quarter for some of the uh, common insulin. So that's in the news today. Uh, bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, 61 today. Uh, Daniel Craig, 55. Anniversary of Will Chamberlain scoring 100 points. All of that uh, today. Anyway, there's some interesting things out there. 217-356-9397, text line at 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. A quick break, and then we'll get it started with your phone calls, emails, and texts. After this, time out. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On a penny for your thoughts, good to have you with us here this morning. 217-356-9397. It is March, and that means you can start thinking about your lawn, I would think. Now in their 39th year, your local family-owned and operated Spring Green, been committed to beautifying your neighborhood through quality, service, and professionalism. Spring Green offers aeration, fertilizing, weed care, disease control, lawn insect control, seeding, tree and shrub care, house perimeter insect control, and more. All of Spring Green's technicians licensed by the state of Illinois. Call J.T. Warm Beer or Steve Emke, 217-359-2111, or visit spring-green.com. Be that person who everybody goes, wow, what a yard they've got. Okay, you want to be that that guy. Okay? <laughs> and uh, Spring Green can help with that. All right, what's on your mind today? 217-356-9397. By the way, one uh, text I got, uh, it was the uh, anniversary, was it 40th? Yeah, 40th anniversary, I think, of the um, last MASH episode. Somebody said, hi, Brian, thanks for playing the MASH theme and the reminder about the anniversary of the last episode. What a great show. I was in high school. We canceled play practice so we could all stay home and watch it. Great memory, they say. All right, 217-356-9397 is our number, and let's go here. We've got a lot of folks on the line here. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. So just to add to your list of historical things that occurred two years ago uh, was, in my opinion, one of Illinois' greatest victories going on the road at Michigan, and Michigan was ranked number two had one of the top scoring offenses, one of the top defenses, and we went in there and absolutely dismantled them without our number one All-American player. Uh, everybody played cohesively. Uh, we ran them completely out of the gym. With three minutes left, they were already putting in substitutions and basically waving the white flag like, in my opinion, they had done all season, uh, dodging us on the, uh, the game where they were supposed to come to Champaign to play uh, pulling the COVID card, and unfortunately the same day, their women's team and their, their men's wrestling both had matches, uh, but they chose not to come to Champaign to play us because I think they knew what would happen, and we went up there and uh, got, like I said, in my opinion, greatest Illinois basketball victory. Yeah, that was a that was a stunning game because you're right. We didn't have yeah. Io, and you thought, how are we going to do it? And it wasn't close. And, not even um, from the get-go, not yeah. even close. And, yeah. and, and again, a, a very, very memorable event with them standing at half court, smiles on their faces, arms locked as they were shooting free throws for the, the technical um, on the coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the day, in my mind, even though they didn't give us a banner or a ring, that was the day we won the Big Ten title that year. Absolutely. Blowing them out. Outright, without, yeah. without any questions and uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yep, I agree with you, and it was it was a lot like uh, you know as big a surprise as like Iowa blowing out Indiana the other day. I mean, it was the yeah. same kind of like how in the world did that happen? And similar feeling. 
that's that's why we play the games, whether it's basketball, football, or life. That's uh, right. <laughs> the cards might be stacked against you, but it might just be your day. That's right. You never know. And I and I do like this team going into the tournament. I think we'll find our rhythm. I really do. I hope so. I want I want to keep broadcasting for a while. So <laughs> I want to keep listening for a <laughs> yeah. while. I L L. All right. I and I. Thanks, Chris. Bye. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we all benefit. You know, when the team does well, it does help to keep winning for sure. And uh, they're certainly capable of it. But it's just been uh, it's been hard to predict. But the entire Big Ten has just been. I mean, just the fact that Illinois, if they can win tonight, would be in a six way tie, six way tie for second place. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So it's been that kind of year. Uh, let's go to Eric up next. Hi, Eric. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, two things. First, when I heard about the Jaden Epps thing, I'm thinking there, there isn't one team or program in America that's had as many concussions as Illinois basketball. I mean, not not that I've ever seen. Uh, have you seen anything quite similar to this? <laughs> yeah, we have had it. We've had our share. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, we don't have daily news from all the other teams. So, um, well, they're not missing players like yeah. we are. Like you could, yeah. that's all you need to know. Yeah. But what are they practicing? Are they practicing tackling or something at, uh, <laughs> at practice? Is well, they do. They do really practice. Easy? I mean, it's not crazy, crazy, but they do. You know, practice pretty hard. I mean, they just do. And even the shoot arounds, you know, are pretty physical because uh, they try to simulate game like activity. Um, right. But but everybody so, does it different. Yeah, and and the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the sense of pride I felt yesterday when I heard that that, uh, I don't know what do you want to call the guy, a gentleman was arrested for for the shooting of the Liam Gasser. I, I just felt like that was so great because it didn't seem like there was any leads or anything back from when that first happened. I remember um, uh, when Tom Bruno was on, he knew the he knew his, his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was from, from then on, it was just like, a, you know, how are you ever going to find the suspect? But they tracked him down. So, I mean, it just goes to show what good work that uh, our local law enforcement is doing, you know, as opposed to some other people call and say that they're, you know, they're being handcuffed and whatever. You know, they're not doing their job. But these guys are doing their job quietly, and we don't even see it getting mm-hmm. done. So, oh, yeah, that goes on every day. That goes on things yeah. we never hear about. Um, right. And that's why they're, you know <laughs> – they need to be thanked because there's a lot of dedication that goes on that you know they can't say anything about, but they have to keep working on it. And, and the, the last thing about that is, I was thinking is you know this particular person was arrested, and the whole time it's assuming he is the guy who did it, which I was assuming he did. He, he knew you know what he had done, and and he was going about his life or doing whatever, and it just it just kind of angers me and anybody who would think that. You just kind of go about your life after doing what ha- he did to that particular person. It just, mm. you know, just a rotten thing, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. He was there on a different case, unrelated case. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for uh, having to do with no. guns and possession and all that stuff. So, from what I from what I thought I read from Mary Shank, it was a class X felony. So you won't be seeing the light of day anytime soon. Mm. Uh, hopefully after this. So hey, anyway, very good. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Eric. Good to hear from you. Uh, Julia Reitz commented in the News Gazette today. She noted in particular the efforts of Champaign County Sheriff's Lieutenant Kurt Apperson in identifying the vehicle, saying several police agencies helped Champaign with its investigation and cooperation of civilian witnesses at the scene and the use of a variety of technology. Champaign detectives were able to identify the shooter's vehicle and ultimately Humphrey is the shooter, according to uh, Julia Reitz. 
So uh, good work on all fronts. 923, Richard's with us. How you doing, Richard? Uh, pretty good, Brian. I know you're doing well. Um, you read the or uh, told us of the scores of Maryland and Northwestern, and uh, it triggered a thought in my mind. I, I would appreciate if you would get a, a highly trained and skilled uh, uh, person who could give us therapy on air. Um, I'm dealing with post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome from the uh, line of basketball team, and I bet uh, Alan down in Montrose and maybe Marty down the down the eastern part of the world. Uh, I think we could all call in and say, help me deal with what I'm dealing with from the Illini basketball team. <laughs> yeah, they do cause okay. you, they, they, they do cause some angst, it seems like, even half to half, you know, from one half to the next. I so. know, I know. You know, I, you probably know what a sine wave looks like, and uh, I, I say – I'd hold up a sign and and have it a straight line going up instead of up, but up. But anyway, and uh, speaking of signs, I remember watching a Minnesota Twins baseball game many years ago, and there was a guy who was uh, of Slavic descent, and his name was Herbeck, and it was H R B E K. Yep. And uh, the uh, announcers were chuckling uh, on the uh, on the. Uh, broadcast in fact they they panned out to the bleachers in center field which were pretty much empty and there was a guy holding up a like a three by five foot sign and he said herbeck buy a vowel yeah. <laughs> I, I cracked up when i read that yeah, that's right yeah he had one he had one vowel h-r-b-e-k yep 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 okay brian hey he was a good stuff. player yes thank you i appreciate yes, it was. very good Nine twenty-five. Let me get a timeout in here. 217-356-9397 is the number. You can join us. You can text us. Jim Dye will be with me in the second hour, so you have some questions for him. Certainly you can get those in, his thoughts on the world around us. We'll do that here. But first, this T.O. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, our weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has one guy who might be able to save the Illini's season. It's Tyra. On a penny for your thoughts, if you need some roof work done, Roofs by Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, roofsbyroger.com, the place to reach out to. I'll get you the number here in a minute, but we are getting into the springtime now, and they're going to start gearing up and really getting, uh, they've been doing some of the stuff during the winter, the siding and the windows and the gutter guards and all that, but back to the roofs here soon with the with the warmer weather. And uh, get on their list, give them a call at 217-834-3800, and I know I've done it before. Putting on a roof is a big deal. It's a big expense. I mean, it's, you know, and they can help with the financing on that and make that a little more manageable for you as far as that goes. And maybe, you know, maybe you don't need a roof for a couple more years. Maybe you think you might, but they can do a free roof inspection uh, for you there. So Roofs by Roger, Roger Oakletree, been at this a long time, uh, locally uh, owned and operated and work with your insurance company, fully licensed and insured. Your local roofing specialist, Roofs by Roger. Roger with a D, R-O-D-G-E-R. By the way, one note here in history. Texas declares independence March 2nd, 1836. I just, uh, 
I'm not going to read all of it here, but I just found one little line in here that was kind of interesting, just based on all the things we're talking about today with the southern border and so forth. Um, 1820, Moses Austin, of course, Austin, Texas, a U.S. citizen, asked the Spanish government in Mexico for permission to settle in sparsely populated Texas. Uh, he soon died thereafter. Land was granted, but he died soon thereafter. So his son, Stephen F. Austin, took over the project. In 1821, Mexico gained independence from Spain. Austin negotiated a contract with the new Mexican government and allowed him to lead some 300 families to the Brazos River. Under the terms of the agreement, the settlers were to be Catholics, but Austin mainly brought Protestants from the southern United States. This is in Texas, the Texas Territory that was part of Mexico. Other U.S. settlers arrived in succeeding years, and the Americans soon outnumbered the resident Mexicans. In 1826, a conflict between Mexican and American settlers led to the Fredonian Rebellion. And this was the line that caught my eye. And in 1830, the Mexican government took measures to stop the influx of Americans at that time. (laughs) It was in reverse. And not just Mexicans coming here, of course. They're coming from all over the world and Southern America and so forth through the, through the border currently. But anyway, I just found it interesting. Back in, uh, in 1830, the Mexican government took measures to stop the influx of Americans into Texas. So a little bit of history note for you there. The day that Texas declared independence, March 2nd, 1836. I always find like, things like that interesting and this day in 1966 in dearborn michigan the ford motor company celebrated the production of its one millionth mustang a white convertible the sporty affordable vehicle was officially launched two years earlier april 17 1964 at the world's fair in flushing meadows new york debuted in ford showrooms across america almost immediately buyers snapped up nearly 22,000 of them More than 400,000 Mustangs were sold in the first year, exceeding sales expectations. This date, March 2nd, 1966, the one millionth Mustang came off the assembly line. How about that? Still like to get one if I could. But i got other things to take care of first, I guess. got two in college still, so uh, maybe we'll do that later. 931. (laughs) Here's Alan. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Uh, the Texas situation, uh, kind of like what comes around goes around, right? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is that you brought it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can be my psychiatrist since I got PTSD, uh, uh, man. Yeah. I don't know if I can, <laughs> but I'll try. <laughs> well, this year, good luck. So ups is out, right? I would assume so. I mean, he's if yeah. he's was in the oh, hospital thanks. Tuesday night, I I wouldn't expect to see him tonight. So, is there a chance we could still play Wednesday? There isn't. Is the bottom four is already set, right? Um, yeah, I think it's. I I think we're out of that, but I don't know. I if if there is, it's like one percent. Um, well, I got to think about that since Penn State won and they win another game, and we don't win our next two games. Uh. They're going to beat us out. I mean, they got the tiebreaker on us. Yeah, I printed out. There was a whole matrix sent to me, and I don't don't have it in front of me right now, but it it uh, has all the tiebreakers. It's about two pages long of just tiebreaker stuff. So, so we and, finish anywhere from third to tenth, right? I think I think that's right. 
Yeah. Wow. And I think most of the statistical, and there are people that spend all day on this stuff, but I, the, the stats show us about six or seven at the Big Ten tournament. Right now, so, I mean. Right now, yeah. Uh, but we still. No way we can face. Well, tiebreakers against us for the most part, other than Michigan State and Rutgers. Uh, there's no way we can finish second, is there? You know, I don't know. I know that it helped that Maryland got beat last night yeah. by Ohio State, and if we take out Michigan, we'd have the head-to-head with Michigan. Yeah. Uh, but we wouldn't have it with Maryland. And we, who was the other one? We lost, we don't have it with um, Northwestern. We don't have it with Northwestern, do we? Well, we split them, but they, we split them. But I don't know. Um, they got more points ahead than we do. You know what I mean? They won by thirteen. We won by four. Would they go by that? I don't think so. I think it's more head to head against. They, they start how you did against Purdue and how you did. You know, comparing say Northwestern okay. Illinois, how you did against Purdue, how you did against the second place team, how you did against the. It's kind of like that. So. I thought maybe they went by points, but no, not. no. Nope. Uh, I wish we could be more consistent. I think it's going to be awful difficult for us to ever win a uh, national championship until we can learn to play defense, zone defense, and a man-to-man defense. Most of these schools that win, they play both defenses for the most part. Hmm. Uh, you have occasional teams that stick with one or the other, but uh, we need to do both because college kids are so good that you need to make adjustments all the time, and you got to be able to do both, in hmm. my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Interesting thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll That's see. All I got for today. Thank you, sir. Yep. Yep. Bye. See you. 935. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there, but it's just. Uh, there's just a lot of teams that are really similar. And and Illinois is no different than, I don't know how many schools are there, 300 and some that are playing basketball. <laughs> I mean, most of the ones, uh, they're all a bunch of people trying to get in the same door to the NCAA tournament. They all got about the same record, and they were all kind of up and down. And there just hasn't been one team. I mean, Houston has been number one, but some of the games in their conference aren't that tough. Um but they're a really good team. You know, Purdue, it looked like they were going to run away with the Big Ten, and they've won it. But it looked like they were going to win it by three or four games, and they slid back to the league a little bit. So you just don't know. I mean, it's it all comes down to the tournament. It comes down to a matchup. comes down to what you are that day. And you better be somewhat consistent on that day, and you better find different ways to win, whether offense or defense, or you're you're going to go home sad. And that's what you try to avoid. But it's it's a crapshoot, there's no doubt. Here's CBS News. want to remind you, uh, Monocle's in Tolono. Think about it for lunch when you get a 8-inch pizza, salad, and beverage of your choice for under $11. 8-inch pizza, salad, and beverage of your choice for under $11. Open at 11 a.m. every day, so about an hour and a half. They'll be open. Monocle's in Tolono, just off Route 45. Easy to get to. If you're going south on 45 and you get to the stoplight, you missed it. Okay, it's before the stoplight if you're going south. If you're coming from the south, go through the stoplight, you'll see it on the left if you're going north. Okay, that's where you find it. Monocle's in Tolono, 937. Here's CBS.
Back on a penny for your thoughts, doing an open line up until 10. I mean, it'll still be an open line, but Jim Dial being with me in hour number two. We'll talk about some of the things he's been writing about. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, the uh, folks at Michigan sent me a, um, a matrix that explains the tiebreaker. And it, I'm not going to read it because it's just it's a couple of pages here. But basically, a tie involving two teams. It's head-to-head. Each team's record against the team occupying the highest position in the final regular season standings. Or in the case of a tie for the championship, the next highest position in the regular season standings continuing down through the standings until one team gains an advantage. When arriving at another pair of tied teams while comparing records, use each team's record against the collective tied teams as a group prior to their own tie-breaking procedures rather than the performance against the individual tied teams. You follow that okay? (laughs) When comparing records against a single team or group of teams, the higher winning percentage shall prevail even if the number of games played against the team or group are unequal. Example, 2-0 and is better than 3-1, and but 2-0 and is not better than 1-0 and or 0-0. and And then the one loss percentage of all Division I opponents and coin toss conducted by the commissioner is the last step. And then there, there's more if it involves two teams, more than two teams. And I was just looking at the, as it stands today, Purdue would be the one, Michigan the two. This is as of this moment today. Iowa would be the three because they have a tiebreaker of four and one against, I guess, the other teams they're tied with. Maryland would be the four. This is as of this morning because they're two and one against those teams that involved in the tiebreaker. Northwestern would be the five because they're three and two. Indiana would be the six. Illinois would be the seven. They're right now in a three-way tie for seventh with Rutgers and Michigan State. They own the tiebreaker against those two teams because they're 2-0 and against Rutgers and against Michigan State. And Rutgers is the eight and Michigan State the nine because Rutgers beat Purdue and Michigan State didn't. So that it just kind of gives you an idea. But that's as of this morning. But that could all change. You could throw it all out uh, tonight. So we'll see. Let's just say it's complicated. But I, I would guess, you know, if, if Illinois can take care of their own business and uh, win this game and beat Purdue, they're going to be in good shape for a double bye, I would think. If they split, eh, could be six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range for the Big Ten tournament, not even talking about the NCAA. Uh, email says, who will be our point guard with Epps out? I would assume it would be sincere. But uh, we'll see. I'll know more at the shoot-around today, and we'll talk to Coach on our pregame. We'll get all that uh, figured out. But that would be my guess. And uh, nobody has said he's like he's not playing tonight, but I just assume he is because he had the concussion. It's what they diagnosed him with, so I assume he would not be available tonight. Uh, email says, from my high school practice days, most concussions come from setting picks. Yeah, I could see that. I didn't set very good picks. But uh, so I didn't, um, I didn't play enough to get run into a pick. But let's just say this: by the time I got into games, 
uh, in junior high, the game was over. So it didn't matter. Nobody was set, nobody was running any offense by the time I got in. <laughs> and let's see. With the record of the shooter just arrested, I have to wonder why he wasn't in prison already. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I do know that he was in the courthouse, I guess, from what I understand. And they figured out who it was, and it was here's the guy we've been looking for, we think, and that's what they're going to uh, charge him with. Have any of your listeners for the report or heard the report maybe as to the address of the shooter who shot the U of I students and what car he was actually driving that day? I don't, are you talking about this particular student or a couple of other students? I'm not quite sure. Is that supposed to be plural? You'll have to help me on that one. Uh, good morning, Brian. This morning news report, Lori Lightfoot suggested race and gender as the reason for being ousted as Chicago's mayor. Doesn't that sound familiar? Sure does to me. I think I heard it on your show two days ago. Seems like the excuse we hear when some people don't get what they want anymore. So, yeah, Lori Lightfoot did uh, did use that or talk about that, I guess. Uh, it's a two-man race, one a white man, one black man running uh, for mayor of Chicago. Uh, uh, Vallis uh, really emphasized crime and solving the crime issue in Chicago. People are just fed up in Chicago with the crime. And that's what he's running his campaign on. He got about, I think it was 34% of the vote, but there is a runoff with the, the other gentleman who um, – Seems to be more progressive, I guess, if you're looking on the political scale for the Democrats. Uh, Vallis, of course, has run before for office and was the former head of the Chicago Public Schools in Chicago. And he's also, I think, been in Philadelphia and a couple of other places. He's been very successful pretty much wherever he's been. But uh, we'll see. But, you know, the, the, as somebody, I think it was Clay and Buck, talked about yesterday, the same Chicago populace elected Lightfoot. She was considered an up-and-comer and a rising star in the Democratic Party. But I think it I think it more had to do with her job performance more than, than anything else. I mean, even the, it's a heavily Democratic city, and they were like, we can't have this crime. We can't have it. It's just gotten out of control. The perception and the reality was there. And by the time she tried to figure out what to do, it was too late. I think that pretty much I read an article on that from Chicago, and that, I thought that summed it up pretty well. Uh, now that Lori Lightfoot's available, maybe she can find a new political home here in Champaign County. She easily could win the upcoming or uh, any Urbana mayor race and lead us all further into darkness. All voters need to think through their priorities now. Well, I don't think she's coming, so I don't think you have to worry about that. 946. Take a time out. We're on a penny for your thoughts. So glad you're with us here today. Jim Dye after the news at 10. As we keep you informed here on DWS, they uh, had the uh, one of the jurors in that Murdoch trial, the defense making their last-minute uh, arguments in that case uh, down in uh, South Carolina, I believe is where that is. And uh, one of the jurors, I think, got dismissed this morning. So that was kind of uh, big news. 947, back after this. Hi, this is Scott Webb from Clinton High School Track and Field. Be sure to pick up a copy of the News Gazette's Big Ten Tournament Preview section on Wednesday, March 8th.
Yeah, it's his birthday. 61 today. Says he he didn't like the original recording of that song. It's found on a hidden track. I guess it is 100 million Bon Jovi fans can't be wrong. The lead guitarist, Richie Sambora, however, convinced him the song was good. They reworked it with a new bass line recorded by Hugh McDonald. Different drum fills and the use of a talk box to include it on Slippery When Wet. The song went two weeks at number one on the mainstream rock trucks, a tracks chart. And then four weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 from February 14th to March 14th. It also hit number four on the UK singles chart. So there you go, living on a prayer. But uh, happy birthday, John Bon Jovi, 61. 950 here at News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. We'll have uh, both games for you here on our stations between the uh, two here that carry the games. Uh, DWS will start. uh, The women are due to tip off about 8. The men, of course, at 6. And so basically if you want to hear the women's game in its entirety, Tune in about a little after 7.30 or so uh, tonight. Mike Kuhn will have the pregame and then all the um, activity from Minneapolis for the Illini women as they try to advance to Friday's uh, quarterfinals there in Minneapolis. If you want to hear the men nonstop, all the pregame coverage starting at 4, the game at 6, and all the other postgame coverage, our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, is where you can go for that. So. Just a heads up, News Gazette will be doing special sections on the Big Ten Tournament, the uh, state tournament for the boys coming up uh, in Champaign, of course. Not this weekend, but the next. And you got the girls, St. Thomas More. They play at, what, 1145, I think, against Christopher over in Normal. So good luck to uh, St. Thomas More. Tuscola got a sectional win last night. So uh, good luck to them coming up in the sectional final. So, man, a lot of things uh, headed for the finish line here. It's a busy time, 9.52. Email says at talk at wdws.com. says so many people in Champaign County are issued sentences of probation and or told to go to anger management classes. It would be interesting to have a half hour or so of an expert to explain what is expected in probation and what is an anger management class. Yeah, that would be good. I, I've had Julia on before, and I, it doesn't have to be her. I'm just saying she has ex- before talked about probation and what's involved in probation. And I think some people, I know she's told me that some people don't have a um, a good, quite good understanding of how severe probation can be. What are, what are the restrictions and what you can and what you can't do, and if you make a mistake and so forth uh, on that. So, yeah, I could have somebody on that could maybe help me with that. Uh, on probation, or the next time she's on, she can certainly help understand it better. But yes, uh, that's that's a good idea. Missed the beginning of your show. Wondered what time the senior recognition will be tonight, and who will be recognized? Well, they'll they'll recognize uh, Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, who are seniors. Uh, one from Baylor, one from Texas Tech, transferred in this year. They of course got the senior managers and their families uh, will be recognized tonight. I guess I'm trying to think of how that typically happens. Um, let's see, the game's at 6. I would say it would happen somewhere about 540. Uh, five, it's probably about 10, 12, 15 minutes on the clock. 
typically, as the clock counts down towards tip-off, you know, if you arrive at the State Farm Center, you'll see, oh, there's 20 minutes on the clock or there's 15 minutes on the clock. I, I think it'd be in that 15 minutes on the clock left. So it's put at about 6, I'm, I'm sorry, 545. Be my guess. So if you're there by 530, I think you'd be you'd be in pretty good shape. But uh, anyway, that would be the time frame somewhere in there. It's usually the second half hour of our network pregame show with the tip at 6. So it's always always a fun ceremony. Big hugs. They give them a you know a big box with their jersey and and all of that and their parents and a lot of a lot of tears usually. It's always kind of a fun night and uh, bittersweet in some ways for those involved for sure. Jim Dye after the news at ten nine fifty four here on a Penny Furger Thoughts here on DWS. We'll take a break. Headed for a high of 51 today. And then we're going to get some snow, maybe. Little or no accumulation tomorrow. So enjoy the sunshine. It's been a couple of really nice days here at the start of March. Texter on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line says, Living on a prayer. Illini basketball theme for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, – and, and Brad Underwood, is, I've heard him talk to his team before, and he told him earlier this year, you know, I forget which game it was, but he said, hey, you know, the tournament, you got to be – you've got to do everything you can, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you got to do everything you can to avoid – that feeling you're going to feel when the season is over. You have a bad game or you don't execute or you don't pay attention to the scouting report. If you don't do the details every day, day to day, it's going to come up and bite you in a tournament game and your season's going to be over and there are going to be tears. And if you want to avoid that, you better be ready to play at the start. You better be ready to finish. You better do the little things every day. There's a reason they have the scouting reports and all the different things they do every day. Every practice, every drill is done with a purpose. And you better be ready because it's it's one and done. And I remember last year's game with uh, Chattanooga, we won. We didn't lead until the final 30 seconds, which was – I've told people that's the most um, excruciating game I think I've ever done. Because we just never could get the lead, and we finally did at the end. And then Coleman blocked that shot right near the end of the game. Uh, and then, of course, with Houston, who was just, I, I thought, a better team last year, Houston, uh, uh, Kelvin Sampson's team, but uh, beat us in the next round. But, yeah, it's all it's all matchups. It, it just is you just don't know what's going to happen. And you better be ready every game or you're going you're gonna to be sad when it's over. Bruce Weber used to tell his teams the same thing. And only one team's going to win it. 217-356-9397. Text line at 217-351-5357. That's one reason I kind of like the the Big Ten tournament. It gives you that, at least rehearsal, that you got to win this game or you're done. You know, because during the season you may win or lose the game, but there's another game in three or four days. Or in this year, it's been like a couple of days later, it seems like. But uh, I think that's why it's a good rehearsal for the big uh, tournament is just being in a situation where you, you go out there and this might be it. You better execute. 
or you're done. And it kind of gets you in that mindset. News coming up here at the top of the hour from CBS. Jim Dye will join me after the news at 10. And then tomorrow we've got Barry Hauser with us and David Allen from over at the School of Music. We'll talk about the Marching Illini fundraiser coming up on March 4th. It's appropriate date for that, right? All right, Jim joins me after the news. Open line calls continue after CBS on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at WDWS.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll have Jim Dye join us here in a little bit. 10.06, got some sunshine out there and 41 degrees, headed for a high of 51. So 10 more to tack on here today. 217-356-9397 is our number. Text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Illini basketball tonight, men and women, here on the radio and or Light Rock 97.5. So we uh, get ready for that in our game day coverage starting at 4. Mr. Dye has made it in. How are you, sir? Well, I'm fine. I didn't realize yeah. I was uh, running late No, this that's morning. okay. That's all right. <laughs> You're good. We just want to, you know, we promised you'd be here, so we just want to yeah, I know. deliver you gotta on keep, that promise. you got to keep your word. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be massive disappointment. That's right. Riots That's in the street. That's right. That's All kinds right. of negative consequences. Yeah. You doing good? Uh, I am. I'm doing fine. Doing I'm well. looking doing out well, the window and seeing all the sunshine. It makes yeah. me feel even better. I know. Just got to keep it like this. Now, it could, could snow tomorrow. Yeah, and the Illini could lose tonight and everything would change. <laughs> but I'm hoping not. And if they win, they'll be in a six-way tie for second place. <laughs> Boy, what a mess, huh? Yeah. Did you happen to see uh, the Penn State uh, Northwestern game? I did not. They won in a buzzer beater in overtime. So nobody is safe. And, of course, Ohio State beats Maryland. You know, that shouldn't have happened. Ohio State beat Illinois, that shouldn't have happened. So it's really kind of a crazy year, and I don't know if that's because everybody's good or everybody's just mediocre. I mm-hmm. guess we'll find out more in the uh, in the tournament. In the but, big tournament. But I think it's, uh, I mean, boy, we've been a bunch of terrific basketball games on, uh, mm-hmm. on uh, I've got several, I've got several uh, sports networks, you know, Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and of course ESPN and FS1. I mean, there's more basketball on there than you, than mm-hmm. one person could watch. I'm trying to watch it all, but I'm not <laughs> able to keep up. And you're going to spring training soon, right? Well, I prefer to think of that as conducting um, reconnaissance on behalf of the Cardinals against yeah. the Cubs. So <laughs> okay. I'm going to check out what's uh, going. So you're going to Jupiter? Uh, no, I'm no. going to Phoenix. Oh, you're going to run out because west. Because I foolishly allowed uh, my friend who's a Cub fan to make out the itinerary, and somehow we end up in Phoenix every <laughs> okay. year. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're underway now in Mesa. They are. Yeah. and uh, It's a nice park, new park they've got there. It's, it is. It is. Uh, the, of course, that that whole thing is a kind of a – it's a hub of spring training, so there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of teams you can go see, including the White Sox. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, Mike Hale and I, a couple of years ago, we were at the same game 
same White Sox game and <laughs> didn't Chivas didn't know the other was there in Arizona in Arizona yeah really uh-huh. that's interesting well uh, lots of interesting things in the news today uh, one is the um, arrest of this alleged shooter in the uh, Prospect Avenue I guess he was in the courthouse he was in the courthouse uh, in, uh, facing other charges you know yeah. and uh, we talk about gun violence and everybody says oh well, we got too many guns of course we do have too many guns but we also have too many people like this guy is alleged to be, and I want to be careful about that because he's been charged. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this was a horrific event. I mean, it's everybody's worst nightmare with the ultimate horrible consequence to this young man. And I just want to, I, I just really commend the police and the investigators and everybody who worked on this thing for sticking with a case that could not have been easy to track down. And so. I'm glad to hear there's been an arrest. I'd like to see somebody pay the uh, price for this kind of conduct. At the same time, this is not a fixable thing for uh, mm-hmm. the victim, for Liam. Uh, Liam Gosser, yeah. Liam Gosser, and uh, it, I don't know. There's not much more to say about it, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, words are inadequate to describe this kind of situation and its consequences. Yeah. I wonder how often that's even happened where someone's at the courthouse for another reason. And they just get arrested. Well, you know, a lot of times uh, I think the cops figure, well, hey, we can take this guy into custody at the courthouse. He's going to be there. Minimum of fuss, uh, no muss. And and I think it does happen from time. It's certainly not unheard of. And it's an excellent tactic for police to take someone into custody when they're not expecting anything. And it it all goes nice and quiet. Hmm. Uh, Anyway, the man accused is Derek Humphrey. Uh, Roselle man in police custody accused of the attempted murder of a motorist in a random shooting on North Prospect in the fall of uh, 2021. So that's a headline story today. The other headline from yesterday was the Chicago mayoral race. And Lori Lightfoot will be out. Yeah, after you one know, that's, that's really interesting because she came in on a wave of good feeling uh, just four years ago. And uh, she just made such a mess of that job and was so hostile and... Uh, impulsive and uh, provocative and she just blew blew away all her support she carried all 50 wards when she ran mm-hmm. last time all 50 wards in the city of chicago this time she got like 17 percent of the vote i mean that's a great job of alienating the public yeah and she said uh, i read some articles from chicago and you may have seen the same ones but said she just had a way of she wound up alienating all of her she did support just unnecessarily sometimes. Yeah, she Just, she picked fights that were unnecessary. Yeah. She was she was uh, not a politician. I mean, and and I and and you do have to be a politician if you're going to be in politics. I mean, people use that as a pejorative. Oh, he's just a politician. But you have to know how to deal with people. That's basically the rule of politics. And I think that uh, Lori Lightfoot was just a very um, aggressive former uh, federal prosecutor and a trial lawyer. And I think that she never. Uh, even thought about uh, watching her, watching the way she dealt with people so as not to make enemies out of friends, and she just failed. I mean, she mm-hmm. fought with everybody. She fought with the governor. She fought with uh, the the alderman in Chicago. She fought with the news media. She fought with Donald Trump. You know, no, <laughs> she fought with everybody. Now, you can say, well, she should fight yeah. with Donald Trump. It's a waste of her time and energy to go around dealing uh, with things that don't matter to the city of Chicago. So yeah. anyhow, and there, and she paid only, the price. And there's only certain people that can pull it off. I mean, to have the 
the um, power or strength of a daily, but have the finesse to get along with people, too. Well, that's exactly right. You know, uh, Chicago is a city of aggressive politicians. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're in your face, but she's double in your face. And uh, guys like Rahm Emanuel and, you know, who I found really obnoxious and uh, uh, was mayor for a couple of terms, and and, but he, he managed to make friends and try to minimize the number of enemies. She collected enemies. I mean, it's yeah. amazing. She could, she, she didn't even make the runoff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it'll be interesting. And I think it's a hugely important election for Chicago. I view this as almost a question of, is the city going to survive or is it just going to continue to go in the hole? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they put the, uh, they nominated two guys who couldn't be more different. Paul Vallis, who is a professional administrator and a lifetime Democrat who ran for lieutenant governor, and he ran for governor. Uh, he was defeated in the primary, uh, 2000, 2002 primary, by Rod Blagojevich. And, of course, that was a de- that had a devastating effect on the state of Illinois because Rod Blagojevich was a disaster. And if Paul Vallis had won that nomination, he would have been elected, and Illinois would be in a lot better shape now. But anyhow, that's water under the bridge. But uh, I think Paul Vallis is the best thing Chicago has going, and uh, this other fellow who's backed by the teachers' union is uh, just offering more of the same poison. But we'll see what the people of Chicago do. And Vallis, uh, his campaign was built on crime, stopping crime. I yeah, mean, well, they've managed to turn <laughs> – this is another thing that happened yeah. under her watch. They've managed to turn a city that's generally safe into a city where people are scared to walk the streets. And they say crime was the only issue. I mean, one commentator said the issue, the top four issues in the Chicago mayoral race are crime, 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 and, oh, yes, crime. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's bad news. Two one, it, didn't, it didn't used to be that way in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 217-356-9397. Uh, text line at 217-351-5357. And you can email us talk at wdws.com. And Vallis has been very accomplished. I mean, he is head of Chicago schools. He was in Philadelphia, right, I think. In a, yeah, you know, he place. actually did a very good job in the city of Chicago, and he kind of got crossways with uh, the mayor because he was getting too much good publicity and the mayor didn't like it. So he ended up uh, going on to other things. You know, one of the things I found interesting about that was Pat Quinn endorsed uh, this, uh, I think it was Johnson, uh, for for uh, the, in the mayor's race, former Governor Quinn. Uh, Paul Vallis was uh, Quinn's running mate for lieutenant governor <laughs> in 2016. So yeah. loyalty in politics doesn't go very far. Yeah, and by the way, I should stress that all of the city of Chicago's problems are not due to Lori Lightfoot. I mean, they have got a lot of problems mm-hmm. with a lot of politicians. And she was just the one whose head was on the chopping block. Yeah. Well, It's also important to note that she didn't have any kind of a political machine back in her like. Tony Preckwinkle, who's the mm-hmm. county Democratic uh, chairman and also the chairman of the Cook County Board. Well, and it, and it, like, it's like New York or Los Angeles or whatever, but a really big city, you're going to have, just because there's so many people, you're going to have crime issues or whatever. But there was just the sense of, and I remember going to New York back in the late 90s when I was traveling doing baseball and feeling safe, mm-hmm. you know, in New York. And even it was a big city and I'm just a little farm kid. I mean, it was like, but anymore, that's it reached a point in Chicago where people were scared to go. I don't want to go to Michigan Avenue because I'm afraid. Well, you know, you know everybody's going to happen. Everybody know. talked about the magnificent mile. You know, you got to go the magnificent mile. Well, you got businesses vacating the magnificent mile. The magnificent mile is now uh, 
uh, suffering from the fact that people are not are afraid to go down there, and businesses have had to close, and they now have empty storefronts on the on the uh, mm. <laughs> on what was a prime shopping area. If Tense. you like to shop, which I don't, yeah, <laughs> I just like to run in and get it. That's but, right. But, but a lot of people do the window shopping. Can I go in and find the shirt or it. the suit that fits perfectly and be out of there in fifteen minutes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 217-356-9397. Jim Dye with us till 11, of course, with the uh, News Gazette. If you have some comments or thoughts for him, feel free to send those in as we go. You're writing about uh, ComEd today. The, uh, yeah, you know, we're getting ready whole... uh, next month for the first of the, big, of the ComEd trials, and that's involving the four top uh, executives slash lobbyists uh, with ComEd. That's a the conspiracy, bribery conspiracy case, allegedly orchestrated by Mike Madigan. Mike Madigan is not on trial, but he will be a star um, character in this, hmm. the latest saga of political corruption in Illinois. <laughs> and I think your headline was, it's all politics. Well, they say, they, they say the prosecutors are criminalizing politics. Well... <laughs> Uh, on the other side says, well, the the politics was criminal. That's what the problem yeah. is. Well, that's what Blagojevich used. Yeah, you know, did, as, know. You know, hey, you got to say something, it's right? It's just the business of, of doing government in Chicago. That's or right. In Illinois, or Illinois. So, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Didn't help Blagojevich very much. Though. No, not uh, a persuasive argument. Somebody said the Lightwood can- Lightfoot campaign was a word salad of ambiguity and ambivalence to constitutional principles. Um, she did take a lot of heat for the COVID uh, restrictions too. That was. In the pandemic. Yeah, oh yeah, well, you know. Everybody did there. Yeah, there's just mass unhappiness about all that. Mm-hmm. Can't blame her for that, although you can certainly say that the reactions of government officials and the edicts that they issued as a result of it were uh, a little too heavy-handed and lasted a little too long. Talking about crime and the anti-police defund the police policy of Lightfoot that lost her the mayor's Democratic primary election, when will we hold Pritzker and the Democrats accountable for the huge spike in violent crime that that the left's defund police policy gave us, crime which is only moderated now. We seem to want to sweep the cause of the spike in crime and violence under the rug so we don't have to acknowledge what deplorable policy it was. And the Safety Act with cashless bails created a revolving door of criminals and violence across the country. Well, I would, I would point out a couple of things. First of all, the Safety Act and the, and the bail provision has not taken effect yet. Um, it's held up it's in, in the courts. In the court. There are going to be arguments next month. Uh, the other thing is, you say when we hold Pritzker accountable. Hey, we just had an election; he won overwhelmingly. Yeah. So, and he may be running for president. And he may be running for president. So, <laughs> we'll see. I'm not sure there's an answer to that yeah. question, except maybe never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris is with us. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, sir. I wanted to talk briefly on what Jim died about the uh, the shooter who got arrested on North Prospect for paralyzing the U of I student. And the fact that he was out on bond for armed violence and possession of a firearm by a felon. And I guess I just don't understand the community, how we keep reelecting Pritzker, the safety acts going into effect. And then we just had a person here in this county that got released on his own recognizance for attempted murder by the judge. And it's the same arraignment judge that has, I guess, was practicing cashless bail before cashless bail was cool. And I guess I just don't understand. I grew up here my whole life, and when are people going to get tired of it? The uh, This story is a nightmarish. I mean, the facts are horrendous. This guy's record is replete with incidents of this kind of uh, a violent behavior and guns. And, uh, you know, how did it happen? Uh, I don't know. And I, I'm not familiar with where he was uh, 
he was released on bond. I mean, it sounds like he gets around. So he's Champaign County. You mean wherever. on his previous? Well, I would like on, to on his, that to look at. You're talking about I on his. You're talking about on his previous charges because yeah. he's being held on five hundred thousand bond here. But right. Yeah. I'm talking about his previous yeah. charges. Okay. And, and the thing is that people I wish would understand is that criminals are criminals. They're. It's not polite like your neighbor is, and we have a lot of polite, sophisticated people in this county. But you can't treat criminals the same way you treat normal people. They're 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 evil and they're mean. They're carrying guns. You can't pass any amount of gun laws that are going to stop a guy like that from shooting somebody on North Prospect. And I wish people would wake up and understand how do you deal with the most evil of evil? Because you've got a county board that doesn't want to lock anybody up. They don't want to add on to a jail. How do you deal with these people effectively? And that's a tough conversation I get, but we need to have it because our safety is at risk here. And I appreciate it, Jim, and I appreciate it, Brian, taking my call. Oh, sure. Well, Thank I, you, I Thank would you just, Chris. I would just point out um, to the caller, we just had an election in which basically these people were elected to the county board. And so if you you get the government you deserve, okay? You get the government you deserve. You vote for people who support these kind of policies. That's what you get. And who are you going to blame? Look in the mirror. Mary Shank wrote, uh, court records show that Humphrey had previous convictions for reckless discharge of a firearm, unlawful possession of a firearm, possession of a stolen vehicle, fleeing and eluding theft. Uh, I'm sorry, fleeing and eluding theft, possession of a controlled substance, and resisting a peace officer. All of those disqualify him from legally possessing a gun. Yeah, well, but, you know, when you go to bond court uh, and you have charges like that, against you it seems to me that some sort of bond is and I, I don't know the facts of this case but common sense would dictate that some kind of bond high bond or medium bond is appropriate as far as personal recognizance I don't get that but you know that's what we're walking that's what we're walking into uh, if and when the safety act is affirmed by the Illinois Supreme Court and I suspect it's going to be uh, but uh, and so then we'll have the uh, then we'll have the uh, you know you get out of jail free card and for almost everybody, and there are going to be consequences from this. I mean, this is uh, this is not uh, going to be a good thing, and and there are going to be human costs to this, and that's where we're at because the legislature said that's where we're going to be at. I know uh, Judge Steigman has talked about the three reading. Yeah, um, I, and I, you know, I wrote about that that mm-hmm. the uh, they violated the three readings rule because, in their defense to that is what well, we always violate it. Well, this is a provision in the Constitution. Uh, the courts have let it let it go uh i think not not appropriately because they say we don't want to interfere with the uh legislature's right to be a separate and co-equal branch of government but but some the three readings rule is in the constitution so i don't know how you actually write read a provision of the constitution Mm. out of the constitution it must mean something but uh that's a that is an argument that is uh, has been ignored before although the court has warned that we're, someday we're going to do something about it you know they shake their fists and then they don't do anything about it and, and the legislature ignores it and uh i, I suspect it, i mean I, it's my understanding and i haven't checked it out yet that the although the, that issue was raised at the trial court level uh it's not being raised directly by the uh, state's attorneys in before the Supreme Court. And now it may be addressed in a friend of the court brief by somebody else, but, uh, you know, I don't know <laughs> what you say about it. <laughs> if you're not going to raise an argument, and the court is not going to probably pay much attention to an argument that wasn't made. Mm-hmm. No, well, you're right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. When is that April is when they're doing that? Uh, you know, I've forgotten. I know they've scheduled March. oral arguments, and I've forgotten what it yeah. is. Okay. 
All right, back with Jim Dye here. We need to get a break in here on A Penny for Your Thoughts, 1025. On a penny for your thoughts. Good to have you with us. Beef House in Covington, Indiana. You can uh, stop over there and say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. They're, um, the Beef House Rolls, are, of course, they're famous for those. And uh, it's so famous because their website is beefhouserolls.com. I mean, that's how you find out the menu and all the great things they got. Steaks, of course, the aroma you'll recognize when you come in, the um, hamburger or cheeseburger if you want to go with a sandwich. I mean, the menu's huge. You can choose about anything you want. Uh, wonderful desserts. You can do the lunch buffet. We've done that a lot of times. The only rule is if you go over there and you're taking some folks from work and the rest of the folks at work didn't get to go, you got to bring beef house rolls back. So that's like rule number one. But everything else uh, falls in place after that. Great steaks, seafood, pasta, fried chicken, you name it. It's on the menu at the Beef House, Exit 4, Covington, Indiana. We'll be going over to Purdue here this week. Don't know if the team is stopping there or not. Uh, maybe if they win, though, <laughs> on the way back, yeah, uh, the beef house is a good place to go. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking I'd go over there. <laughs> <You mentioned it. laughs> Makes you hungry. If I do, I won't get a hamburger though. No, get a steak, but the hamburger is available if you want. Okay. Maybe, to maybe that. to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Die, sometimes you, listener says, sometimes you don't get what you vote for. You get what your neighbors voted for. Well, of course, but, collectively, that's what we mean. You yeah. get what you vote for collectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, Aaron Ammons is a proponent of a statewide top-down mail-in voting and voter roll system. Mail-in voting ob- obliterates verification of participating voters and chain-of-custody ballots cast. Mail-in voting combined with digital tabulation using unverifiable software programs operated by third parties affords Aaron Ammons and company the means to our end. We chuckle about Illinois and famous infamous corruption now when statewide mail-in voting is in place will no longer be chuckling. I don't know if we're headed eventually to all mail-in voting like Oregon or Washington or some of those states, but well, you're seeing more and more discussion of it and uh, I, I I think we probably are. I mean Illinois is a democratic state. Uh, the Democrats are, are are really gung-ho on this thing, so it wouldn't surprise me at all that eventually we're going to have that. Well, I think the way we vote has changed. If you go back um, the history of voting and how you vote, I mean, go back to the late 1700s or 1800s, I mean, how did they vote? Well, I mean, they, you know... Sure. Had to ride carriages to get to wherever to, you know, to. You know, actually, I think voting is one of the easiest things in the world to do. It couldn't be more easy to register. It couldn't be more easy to uh, cast your ballots. I mean, you have like weeks in advance uh, of Election Day where you can cast your ballot. You can. uh, And now they want to admit. I mean, this whole idea that somehow it's impossible to vote and everybody's being uh, the rights to vote are being denied. And uh, I just don't I don't see it. I I think that's a that is a. a disingenuous argument uh, made to justify policies that aren't needed. But that's just how I see it. And there's also the political equation of this is, you know, what do the political parties think? Because they're looking at it from the point of view of how can I game the system to get the most votes? And so the longer period of time you have to vote, the more I can go out and beat the bushes and get people who haven't voted. And if I can collect their ballots and deliver them myself, 
you know, that'll make it so much the better. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do think there is uh, we're opening up possibilities for vote fraud. And the more we have these discussions uh, about these changes uh, and the more changes are made, the more suspicion grows. Now, I, I don't don't understand why Arizona needed like six weeks to count its votes. Uh, in the yeah. last gubernatorial that election. I don't understand either. I mean, to me, that that invites uh, the deepest sort of suspicion, and not in for just for conspiracy theorists. It shouldn't take that long. It's a disgrace. We need to have some finality in elections. They're at least semi-related to the day you voted. <laughs> you in know? the same ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. In the same vicinity. Yeah. And in, in some ways, people would say, um, you know, it's changed. The way campaigns are, of course. people campaign for office now sure. because if the early voting, like we've already started early voting for the municipal elections, but that's a smaller example, smaller sample size. But if your early voting starts all those weeks ahead, if I'm a campaigning for an office, the way I campaign is different now because, right? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, and, and things happen in campaigns. Things happen in election campaigns that can affect way, the way people view the candidates so if do you want to vote six weeks in advance uh, while there's still six weeks of things that can happen for instance the guy in uh, the senator in uh, pennsylvania pennsylvania fetterman who had the stroke and all his uh, his advisors were lying to everybody and there's no there's no question now they were completely misrepresenting the facts the guy was seriously ill couldn't speak and uh, that became obvious at the when they held the election eve debate but you had thousands and thousands of voters who cast their ballots before any of that happened. And, okay, he gets elected. Now what? Now where is he? Mm-hmm. He's yeah, in a hospital. Reed, He's yeah. in a hospital because he can't function. Mm-hmm. Okay, would the voters of Pennsylvania like to have known that before they voted for him to be their U.S. senator? Yeah. And no, maybe, that was the argument being made at the time. But it, yeah. yeah, but, you know, basically you have these partisan interests. The Democrats say, well, who cares if he's – borderline non-functioning let's get him elected then he can resign and we'll appoint his replacement and we'll still have the seat and the republicans are saying uh we'll vote for our guy because this other guy is is uh, disabled um but at the same time you get if you get vote for our guy you get our ideology or our positions on the issues not his position so it all becomes it all becomes hopelessly entangled with partisan interests and in the end both parties will do what is in their interest not necessarily the public interest 1034 CBS News here at the bottom of the hour. And then back with Jim Dye this morning here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Here is CBS. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. The Illini play tonight right here on DWS. On a penny for your thoughts, EWS, AM 1400, 93.9 FM. And Jim Dye sounds really good on FM, so if you want to check that out, 93.9. Really? I, didn't, that, I have yeah. a totally different yeah, yeah. low-voiced persona <laughs> yeah. on FM. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Jim Dye is correct. You get the government you're voting for. However, those of us who did not vote for it are moving out of Illinois as fast as we can. Uh, that have the ability to do so. Illinois is losing a Congress seat, proves it right there. And also in the other states like New York and California, they're leaving in droves. So, yes, we get the government that they voted for, not what we voted for. 
But, uh, yeah, Illinois did lose a congressional seat. So. Illinois has lost a congressional seat uh, every 10 years for, like, the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. We used to have um, one of the largest congressional delegations uh, in the country, and we don't anymore. Now, the reason that matters is that uh, the larger your, your congressional delegation and the more influence the state has in terms of getting goodies from the federal government. So mm-hmm. somebody else is getting those goodies now. Uh, Pritzker spoke on the budget here recently. Did you hear anything in there that was? I mean, you wrote about it. I think, well, I but, yeah, but, I I read his budget address mm-hmm. and I, I saw sure. what he's proposed. I mean, he says that you know we're we're doing well for the short term, and I think he's right about that. Um, but we have serious long term. Well, he didn't say we have serious. He did. He ignored that. Yeah. But we have serious long term problems. So Illinois definitely made some progress on the debt financial front. But uh, paying their bills, they've made some yeah. progress on that. But so. you know, but at the same time, though, uh, if you're using the money on one thing, you can't use it on another. So while the short term debts have been uh, reduced, we now have a um, rainy day fund, and we paid our short term debts and. Uh, that sort of thing. We also have $140 billion in unfunded pension costs that uh, seem to grow every year. Mm-hmm. He does seem to be setting up, though, a, a run because you get you get reelected for the second term, kind of like George W. Bush did in Texas, where you get right. reelected, you set it up, and then you you know you you have policies and ideas that you think appeal to the broader Democratic base. Because I don't know what Joe Biden's going to do. People are assuming he's going to run again, but if he doesn't, yeah, you know, you know I, somebody's got to be there to fill in the. It's, that seems to be almost a. Uh, it's a given that he's going to do this, but I just don't see how he can. And uh, maybe well, Pritzker, I'm, you're talking about. I'm, no, I'm talking well, about Biden. Uh, Biden running for reelection. I just don't see how he can do it. Physically and mentally, he's just not the guy that he was when he was a, a spring chicken of '65. Mm-hmm. Well, even uh, he's eighty. Even uh, just if you've watched him, and he was with Obama, of course, for eight years yeah. as vice president. Just from that time. Oh yeah, there's no question. To now, he, he, you know, he's definitely showing his age. He's I mean, human. He's, he's, he's a human, human being. We all do. <laughs> that's I mean, just that's, the way it goes. And I wish it wasn't, but yeah, it is. Yeah. And he's not exempt. And uh, I just don't see it. But if he does, uh, I guess he'll be a formidable candidate. But uh, if he doesn't, uh, guys like Pritzker can make a credible claim. Uh, to being uh, to being the, the the best choice of the Democrats. I mean, Pritzker has unlimited money, so there will be no problem whatsoever in funding his campaign. And that's a huge uh, hurdle mm-hmm. for uh, most candidates who are running for president. I remember when Paul Simon ran for president. As soon as his, as soon as his campaign coffers were done, after a couple of primaries, he immediately dropped out because he said he wasn't going to go into debt to run for president. Mm-hmm. That won't be a problem for Pritzker because there's no amount of money that he would have to spend that would even make the slightest dent in his uh, in his uh, in his multi-billion dollar wealth. I mean, this guy is a multi-billionaire. Billionaire, yeah, no, that's right. And he uh, spends his money on politics all over. The, the latest thing I read is now he's now he's identifying school board members that he wants to uh, get elected, and he's, get, he's spending money on school board. So he's using his money everywhere to influence politics, not just in races for statewide office or the legislature. I mean, it's all the way down to the school school boards and county boards. All right, let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Hey, fellas, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Hey, a long-time listener, first-time caller, as they say. Uh, regarding uh, mail-in ballots, I just feel like people should know that we have a son who moved out in 2018, and yet every year uh, at his old home address, our address, 
uh, he receives an application for a mail-in ballot, even though multiple times he's contacted the county clerk's office and said, hey, I no longer live there. Uh, and to add to that, my daughter lived out, uh, moved out uh, rather uh, last year, and she has been in contact with the county clerk's office with an address change. Uh, she received an application this year as well for mail-in ballot. So uh, I just, uh, I'm really dubious about uh, anyone's ability to track this, uh, in particular with the, the current guy that's head of the county clerk's office. Well, you know, when you talk about uh, mail-in ballots, there are two things you have to talk about. One, you have to talk about the concept. Do you like the concept of the mail-in ballot? And the second thing is you have to talk about the implementation. And what you're talking about, the caller here is talking about, is the implementation. Who's getting these ballots? Are they going to the right place? Who's filling them out? All that is part of an administrative um, process that can be very, very complicated. Even if you're not trying to game the system, you can still make mistakes. And if you are trying to game the system, there are plenty of opportunities. Absolutely. Hey, very good, Jim. Hey, thanks for your call. Yep, you guys have a great day. Thank you. Very good. You too. One thing Aaron was on the other day said that there is no state law that says when a person leaves that they have to notify the county clerk that they've moved. Gee, that'd be kind of hard to enforce, wouldn't it? (laughs) And so a lot of the mailings go out. Somebody, well, they haven't lived here in 10 years. Well, they never notified. Or if they did, I don't know. Well, in this case, the guy says says he did. So I don't know um, if they need more proof than that other than just a phone call or if you have to document. That's a whole other issue, isn't it? Because, you know, you can play that game. Uh, from the negative side, you could uh, d- say if I'm a Republican, I could identify a bunch of Democrats that and uh, who vote by mail and call the county clerk's office and say, I, hey, I'm so-and-so, I don't need my ballot, and all of a sudden I'm not getting my ballot. And so, how does he prove that that's not true? So yeah. it's kind of a you know, it's kind of a catch-22 in that regard. So, uh, And, you know, you may not believe this, Brian, but there are a lot of people out there that are trying to figure out how they can do wrong things the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't want to be too naive, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, 10.44, let me get a break in. Hang on, back with more here in just a moment. Sometimes all I think about is you. Late nights in the middle of June. He's been faking me out. We're on a penny for your thoughts. Jim Dye with us from the News Gazette. We have him on a couple of times a month. He's going to go spy on the Cubs in uh, Arizona here soon, so... Get ready for that. Yeah, give us, the, give us the full report on that. The Cubs do not have Contreras anymore. He's with the Cardinals. I heard so, that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> but they've got a bunch of new guys, and I think That's they've right. actually uh, kind of improved their lineup. I like I like their free agent signings. I think those have a possibility of returning great um, interest for them. Yeah. You ever had a caffeine overdose? Uh, I have. Matthew not. Meyer mentioned yesterday that he. I've had too much coffee before, yeah. but it usually results in me spending a lot of time in the bathroom as opposed to have a caffeine overdose. He had too much caffeine. He had five or six monster drinks, which I've never had one. But We're talking about Matt Meyer, the the Illini basketball player, who's actually one of my – one of the guys I like a lot. I always like shooters. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if Matt really – did anybody advise him that that was a good thing to do? (laughs) I think Matt – he miscalculated yeah. by his own admission. <laughs> That's right. He admitted it. He talked about it yesterday at 1047 at uh, DWS. Bill is up next. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, guys. Jim, I, 
I'm old enough to remember when we had just three major news outlets. Um, and I, my question to you is this. Is it dangerous to our democracy if a major news outlet today would knowingly and blatantly tell something that wasn't true even after it was proven to be untrue? Uh, and what I'm speaking of is the... You're talking about Fox News and the election things. Yeah, I mean, can we continue in this country if there is a major news outlet that would do something like that? Uh, Well, let me expand on your question a little bit. You know, there's widespread suspicion uh, among the quote audience that you have multiple uh, news outlets that are doing that with respect to uh, with respect to uh, <clears throat> the Fox thing. No, that's terrible. Account for defamation. It's yeah, the terrible. D- Dominion case against Fox. Yeah. Yeah. The being sued. So, yeah, no, it's a ter- it's a, if, if they if they uh, and I don't really quite understand all the details, if they were skeptical of uh, you, t- basically, we're talking about the the opinion people on Fox, like uh, Sean Hannity, and I don't know if Laura Ingraham pushed that or Tuck, Tucker Fre- Carlson. Carlson did. I almost said Tucker Fredrickson. He's yeah. a former football player. <laughs> if they were saying things that they sincerely thought were nonsense just to keep their audience, uh, and they have kind of an irrational audience, I guess, in some respects, uh, just to appease their audience, that, that's that's a terrible thing. I mean, that, But that also goes to show you uh, what... Uh, some people will do and some networks will do for the sake of ratings because that's a ratings issue, isn't it? That's exactly what's being bore out in this case. I don't know how closely you're following it, but the message behind the scenes between the anchors or the news personalities, whatever you want to call them, um, and Rupert Murdoch was they knew that the folks that they were bringing on to spread these lies were – you know, they made all sorts of comments about them. They knew they were lying. They knew they were crazy. And um, they continued even after all the legal challenges to the election. You know, this all could have been avoided if if the candidate that lost the election just would have stepped up to the microphone sometime there after the legal challenges uh, were over and said, you know, he conceded and uh, we're going to move on. We wouldn't have had January 6th, I don't believe. Yeah. Well, you know, Donald Trump is a, is a um, well, that was, a, unusual yeah. personality. Yeah, because that was kind of my point was just step up and say, look, you know, I don't like what's going on here, but I'll see you in four years. Yeah, well, and just you know, leave it at that. Not, just go on. That is you know? not. In, that is not in. That's him. not his. He doesn't operate <laughs> that way. Yeah. That was in Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was in. Uh, well, that wasn't even. A, you know, Hillary Clinton conceded uh, after sort she of. lost, but then she came. And then, but since then, she's been saying the election was stolen from her. So no, well, there's well, a there is a lot of um, think, there are a lot of things going on here. But I got to tell you, after the election was over and Trump lost, uh, I I just figured well Trump lost, nothing's going to happen to change that and uh, so i didn't really pay a lot of attention to the to and fro and i know that's still going on all these conspiracy theories about what happened here and what happened there and um uh, i just think it's all noise and it's certainly regrettable well, it, noise it's but not all noise it's a dangerous situation if you've got a large group of the country that is getting lied to and believing the lie and continuing to push it that's the dangerous part i don't you know I don't want to litigate the election, but going forward in time, this is a dangerous scenario that's being set up. 
Yeah, maybe a yeah, dangerous precedent anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a time yeah. when uh, the country is uh, divided, and, and maybe things will calm down eventually. I think they will. I have the utmost confidence in our American institutions to withstand any kind of pressure that is brought to bear. The courts are a bulwark. The most members of both parties are believers in the democratic way of life that we have. And uh, just like we've had in previous uh, controversies that were really serious, like Watergate and the rest of those things, our institutions will stand. Now there's going to be, there may be a lot of noise, uh, or or even more, but we'll prevail. Upset about what they were being told. That's the that's the fact. It happened. Yeah. Well, they were, and there was, as you said, there's a lot of back with the, all the emails between Murdoch and the head of Fox News and all of that. That uh, you know, there was I mean, they, I mean, they were concerned about losing voters, be, viewers, because you know, viewers wanted to hear. Yeah. That's what it was about. It was about ratings and money, and, and it's that's a dangerous scenario. Yeah. You know, population is being lied to and, and believe it and uh, then act out on it. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be upset if you thought the election was legitimately stolen? Mm-hmm. Well, the courts, you know, it, it went through the courts, and it, it did not happen. Mm-hmm. And yet those people still continued to be lied to and showed up on January 6th and attacked the Capitol. And I realize there's no lawsuit, but I mean, people might argue that well, MSNBC was pushing all the stuff with the collusion with Russia, and they had all their experts on, and their viewers wanted to hear that. And well, Brian, nobody attacked the Capitol over MSNBC's talk of Russian collusion. They attacked the Capitol because a candidate lost and refused to concede. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. And uh the, he should have been a better man, bigger man than at the time and he just couldn't do it. <laughs> so I No, he I, couldn't. And I agree with you there. Hey, thank you Bill. Good to hear from you, sir. Yep. See you. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh we're at 10:54. Let me get to uh, Dick here. How you doing, Dick? Good, sir, and yourself. I want to just talk about this last caller. You can tell he's a Democrat. The that's one not, that's not all bad now. Come on. <laughs> press today is the News Gazette puts articles in there that's opinions, and sometimes we don't agree with them. Uh, you know, we know January 6th happened, but if the would have the FBI and the government in Washington would have did their jobs and called the National Guard, that would have never happened. COVID, Dr. Fauci's been lying to us forever. So, you know, are we going to sue you because you had Dr. Fauci's statements on there? I don't understand that last caller, you know, about the Murdoch and about Fox News being sued. The only reason why he wants Fox News being sued, he thinks maybe you can get him off the air and he can listen to God on CNN all the time. But it's a two-sided street. I don't agree with everything Fox says. I sure don't agree with everything CNN says. And And this gentleman that just called up, I mean... I, you know, you know he voted for the Amos. You know he's a Democrat. He will not vote for anybody but a Democrat. So, I don't care for his opinion. I just want you to hear mine. Yeah, we did. There you go. We just did. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that sums it up. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dick. Appreciate it. Ten fifty-five. Let me get a break in. Back in a moment here on Penny for your thoughts.
All right, 1057 on DWS on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Appreciate the calls here uh, today and see if we can get one more in here. Let me mention, though, um, Lori Lightfoot not being reelected was obvious to see, a listener says, and a direct result of her extremely heavy-handed response to COVID lockdowns. Multiple businesses, bars, and restaurants never recovered and closed as a result. That was true, I think, around the country. Well, you know, you could say it wasn't necessarily her that did that. It was Governor Pritzker that did that, mm-hmm. did that and the city enforced it, so... Uh, well, I'm not sure she gets all the blame for that. There's plenty of blame to go around. All right, got less than a minute here, but Mark, go ahead if you can be quick. Hey, yeah, I just want to share my experience uh, mailing, uh, voting by mail. Um, and I actually moved recently. Uh, couldn't have went smoother. Um, I'm very happy with it, and I think it's a fantastic thing. And mm-hmm. and not only that, you get a follow up confirmation email. I, I don't know how mailing by. It seems to me like the mailing, voting by mail would be probably one. Yeah, it's probably Logically. yeah. So you you Very so smooth. so you liked it. It worked out well. Yeah, I loved it. I loved yeah. it, and I've yeah. turned several other people onto it, and they've loved it as well. Mm. And and I just, I mean, it's it it, it just any time you know you try to make convenience or anything like that, somebody's got to fight it when it doesn't work to their advantage. But logically, you know, we do so many things by mail that you know we get so many private type things through mail all the time. And I don't hear a bunch of people screaming about all those other things. Okay. Hey, thank so, you, Mark. Hey, all right. Good thank call. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, good good call. That's a good way to end it. Ten fifty nine. All right, sir. We'll have fun in Arizona. I'll try. Yeah. Maybe I'll come back with a tan. <laughs> all right. Keep following all the all the news for us. Okay. And we'll see if Jaden F so how's what happens with him and the Illini and Michigan and yeah, I'll all just, of that. Just so. leave you with two more words. Go Illini. Go Illini. Very good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. WDWS Champaign Urbana. Back tomorrow.